0: Thank you very much for joining us on AU Manufacturing Conversations.
1: Thanks very much for the opportunity.
0: Tell us, how did you get here and what do you make?
1: So, myself personally, I got into additive manufacturing about 12 years ago. I decided to return to Australia after a few years overseas and wanted to do something different and something exciting. And I recognised that Australia had real opportunities in manufacturing that were underappreciated and I wanted to become involved and so I got involved in additive manufacturing. And then about three and a half years ago, I joined Titanic, which in some respects is a a dream opportunity because uh, it's an Australian company promoting Australian technology and really trying to take it global and in fact doing so quite successfully. And there's, I think, nothing more exciting than being able to create a manufacturing environment or a manufacturing legacy for our
0: children and for the future of our country. So an Australian technology, there's another Australian cold spray additive manufacturing technology provider here today, Speed3D They've just launched a new machine, ruggedized and meant for defence applications as they've been investigating for some time. Tell me, what's it like having two technologically sophisticated cold spray additive manufacturing providers in Australia? Is there a rivalry, a hatred, a hostility, a friendship, something else? So I'd say there's a friendly rivalry. In many respects, we're
1: both doing the same thing. We are, in a sense, we're trying to take... A relatively well-established technology that was originally designed for coating and repair and we're turning it into additive manufacturing. So at the end of the day both our job is to grow the size of the pie. Both of us are responsible for introducing Cold Spray AM to the broader environment, to educating people what its capabilities are and in that respects we are, we are not rivals. In some respects we're rivals because we both are uh, moment, sometimes fighting for the same dollar. Mm. But I would say that what we do is different. Speed 3D are very focused on, I'd say, a more 3D printing style of cold spray, where they generally look at a CAD part, slice, print to produce or reproduce specific parts to meet defence needs. Whereas we are about utilising some of the possibly more challenging materials like titanium and ink nail, and looking at providing a capability to the defence industry. So we do a lot of ballistic protection of weapons, barrels, aerospace components. So although we operate in a similar space, um, we don't compete directly with each other. And I think we both do a great job of promoting Australian innovation and Australian capability at the same time growing the cold spray additive manufacturing market.
0: You mentioned cold spray for coating and repair in the very early days of uh, its use. It continues to be of interest for those things. Tell me about it's an application over the years in defence, and uh, why it continues to be useful defence, and some of what you see happening as a technology that defence, you know, manufacturers and sustainers and others make use of.
1: Cold spray has been around 30 odd years, and, and its first applications were all just around coatings and maybe some geometry restoration, and in principle, it was it languished in the space of only coatings maybe to replace HVOF or those sorts of applications and maybe some geometry restoration until the Australians came along, until V3D and Titonic and the CSRO came along and they were the ones or we were the ones that recognized that this technology could be diverted from coating and repair and become a genuine AM technology. And the innovation is around how do we take this technology where 20 years of data is around thin section coatings and how do we utilize it to make large scale additive and manufactured parts. There still is enormous applications for coating and repair and again, I think for too long Cold Spray was considered to be a niche technology and now with companies like ourselves and Speed3D and with our recent acquisition of a company called Dicomet out of the Netherlands, we are really able to push Coating and repair, and when you look at the defense space, you know, we talk about the technology being ideally suited for battle damage repair, ideally suited for forward operating repairs of large engines or large casting applications. So, we really see that we can provide new products or new capabilities additively and make large parts in a factory based environment. And then the same technology can be mobilized and used for in-field battle damage repair or in-field restoration or remanufacturing of um, components.
0: I know you're used in quite a vast array of applications and we couldn't go through them all because we just don't have time you're doing uh, as you've told the public before, you're doing some work with tooling for the glass industry, everything from that to little satellites to God knows what else. Uh, let's pick one or two defense related applications and tell me a little bit more about why they're a good match. Yeah,
1: thanks very much for the question. So we have, you know, Coltsway is exceptionally
0: versatile and additive manufacturing even more so.
1: So we have narrowed our business focus down to 11 key pillars and if I look at two of them, actually maybe even three if you give me the time, that I'd love to talk about today is one is ballistic protection. So we do a lot of work utilizing a novel source of titanium to create lightweight ballistic shielding for armored vehicles, potentially helicopters or anything that needs ballistic protection. And there the message is we can do large geometries with no welding, you know, single piece fabrication, homogeneous parts. That are lighter than ultra-hard steels and still offer the same levels of protection and so right now we have validated that we can meet standard two standard three and we're very close to achieving mil 46077 g which is one of the the mil standards required for titanium the second thing we're doing in, in the military space is we've been exploring weapons barrels so uh, cold spray offers a unique capability around rotational you know, cylindrical items and it allows us to tackle novel materials and novel material combinations. So, in in the weapons industry, barrels have largely been carbon steels for hundreds of years, and these have issues around corrosion and and, and erosion, whereas we can start utilizing things like inconel or titanium or other novel material combinations to create erosion-resistant and corrosion-resistant lightweight weapons barrels. So, in fact, we recently signed a joint venture in Turkey to do specifically that. And then I suppose our final um, application to talk about today would be our radiation shielding for satellites. You know, the satellite industry is growing dramatically, but radiation-hardened electronics are incredibly expensive. So we have worked on a novel solution utilizing materials like tantalum, where we can create multi-layer shielding on satellites, allowing satellite operators to start using off-the-shelf electronics. It's, so therefore, substantially or saving a huge amount of money, but allowing them to still have long
0: operating life cycles. How do you see cold spray additive manufacturing changing sustainment for defence applications? How do you see it? its adoption shaking out? And will it be as well, nothing's going to be a solution for every issue? But how do you see it continuing to prove its usefulness?
1: So we strongly agree with you that there is no single solution that meets every need. And I think it's a fallacy when, when anyone stands up and says this will change everything. Mm-hmm. But we do believe that cold spray has a great future in military sustainment because it's a, there's two things we can do. Like normal metal additive manufacturing has the ability to bring part production to on-demand or, or in-field, cold spray has the same capability that we can produce parts quicker and closer to the point of need without large complex fabrication chains or manufacturing chains. But at the same time, we can use the same technology then to repair and sustain and maintain those parts in field. So cold Spray has this great capability of manufacturing of parts at a high rate when and where needed, as well as utilizing the same tech to sustain vehicles and vessels in field and keep them in service longer. And that's the crucial type thing we always consider is uptime.
0: And would you like to say? I know you have low pressure, high pressure. I think maybe even medium pressure machines. How are the? How do does each serve a different need within what we're talking about? I imagine the TITOMIC Kinetic Fusion offering does something very different to those smaller repair machines you have on display. Tell me about you know horses for courses with what you're doing.
1: If you look at our portfolio, we have low, medium, and high-pressure solutions. And typically speaking, high-pressure allows us to start doing Components out of more challenging metals like titanium, tungsten carbide, Inconel, and, and stainless steels, and then when you start, as, so manufacturing of parts as well as coating and repair, and then as you go down to medium pressure, and low pressure, it's not that the capability, it's not that it's less capable. It's just that you have a, a smaller portfolio of materials you can you can spray. So our low-pressure machine, machines typically spray things like nickel, zinc, tin, Babbit aluminium, copper, you know, the softer metals. There's yeah. high pressures all around, more challenging metals that require a higher impact to get plastic deformation and therefore build apart.
0: And so uh, would you like to say anything at the end of this interview? Perhaps if you have something to plug, you're welcome to.
1: The floor's all yours. That's a... Uh, great opportunity for us to talk about what it is we do and I think in fact this whole interview is giving me a great chance to talk about Titanic. I think if I were to plug anything I'd say we are an Australian company that's now global, we have manufacturing sites in multiple locations and we are able to meet needs and demands from broad manufacturing sector oil, gas, mining, defense as well as aerospace and general purpose manufacturing and my only request would be if you have any interest in sustainment, any interest in corrosion repair or the manufacturing of parts and demand, come past the Titanic stand and have a talk to myself or to to Ben who are there, we'd be more than happy to share with you what it is we can do for you and how we can collaborate together.
0: Well Dominic, thank you very much for joining us on A manufacturing Conversations. Thank you very much for the opportunity.